Welcome to Walking in Faith, a weekly podcast dedicated to examining the Bible to help lifelong seekers of the kingdom of God expand their faith and understanding by exploring God's Word. God bless you all. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Good? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Oh, okay. We are very grateful to be here in the house of the Lord because it's first day of the week and our desire of heart should be always, I'm going to the house of the Lord. I'm going to go worship him no matter what happens, no matter if somebody comes and visits me, this is the day of the Lord and we should all put that as a priority to come and worship him and give him thanks for all the things he gives us. And even if he hasn't given you anything, we should always give him thanks because he is worthy of all honor, praise, and glory. So let's pray. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this wonderful day that you have given us. We ask you that your, your grace and your power may be upon our lives, that you may speak to us through your word. And not of what I say, of what I can communicate, but whatever your word tells us to do, that's what we want to do. And we humble ourselves before you, and we ask you that your Holy Spirit would take control of every single mind that that is here today, this morning. Thank you for the opportunity and the privilege that we have to preach your word, but at the same time, the great responsibility that we have before you to present the gospel of Jesus Christ the way that it should be presented and not the way that many other people, you know, out there in the world and other churches that are not preaching your word. But help us, Lord, that we we take this serious and that we preach what the Bible says and not what I think or what I thought it was, but exactly of what you have said in this wonderful book that you have left us. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you. Everybody said, amen, amen. Brothers, I'm very happy to be here with you guys. It's always a privilege. It's always a great honor to, to preach. Um, you know, I, I, I always tell Pastor Rob I feel more comfortable spe- uh, speaking in Spanish. <laughs> that is my native language. Uh, but if there anything that I get stuck on, you guys are going to help me, okay? So... If I can't say a, pronounce a word correctly, please, please help me to do it. Because we want to we try to preach the word of God the way it is. And not what, I, what Pastor Lewis will say, but what God says. And, um, and today I'm going to talk about a little bit about motivator or preacher. There's so many churches in these days. I don't know. I, I, looked, I looked up in the... In the um, uh, those books that send us home, uh, the, a directory... And there were like over 1,600 churches just in one city. <laughs> and, and you think about all these churches, if they're really preaching the Bible, if they're really preaching the Word of God. And many of them are just going off what the Bible says. They may pronounce a couple of words here. They may say something about the Bible, but it's not the right context or it's not the right meaning of what it should say. 
And, and, and so I want to tackle that today and see what are we doing? Are we just motivators or are we preachers of the word of God? And Paul tells Timothy so many times, he says, Timothy, be careful of bringing false doctrine to the church. He always said, uh, always preach what the Bible teaches. There are requirements for preachers and that we have to be able to follow. He also warned him and told him about the apostasy. There's going to be people being in the church, but later on, they're going to stay away from it because they never knew the Lord. There's going to be good ministers of Jesus as well. But keep the faith. Be a good soldier of Christ. And approve workmanship for his glory. And then Paul tells Timothy, do your best, Timothy, to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. My brothers and my sisters, there are so many changes happening now in these these times. And there are so many people who are just preaching Nonsense, like R.C. Sproul's <laughs> says. They're not preaching the Bible. They're preaching what is more convenient to them. They're preaching about riches. They're preaching about getting something with your own power, with your own might, but not according to the Bible. And it, that scares me because, you know what, more and more what, the, what God is telling me is that, Lewis, you got to be more prepared because the world is getting worse. It's not getting better. And why is that? Because the coming of the Lord is soon. And he's, he's approaching. He's coming. And he's telling all of us, be ready. Be on the watch. Don't fall asleep. Because when that trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ will rise up first and they'll meet Jesus in, 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 the, in the sky. And then the ones who are alive, who know Christ, who have repented of their sins, who have trusted the Lord, will also be in the glory with the Lord. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. But I want to take you to a passage here where Paul talks to Timothy and most of the things that I just mentioned, Timothy, uh, Paul is warning Timothy not to go astray from the word of God, but preach the word of God. Isn't it what Paul is telling Timothy in chapter 4, verse 3? 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. I'm going to base the, the message pretty much in these two verses, but we'll, we'll touch on others later. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine. But having itching ears, notice that word there, itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander into myths. My brother, what is a motivator and what is a preacher? A motivator centralizes in man, but a preacher centralizes in Christ. A motivator is very emotional, that we have to be jumping, we got to be doing this and that and that, but a preacher tackles the conscience. 
A motivator will always exalt himself. He'll probably say, we're good. We're okay. We're victorious. This is your day for a miracle. I don't know if you've heard some people say that in a couple of channels on TV. And trust in that. Look into that. And they forget totally what the Bible says. But a preacher says, I am weak. I'm a sinner. I need you, Lord, every single day. A motivator says, hey, let's go after riches. After his desires of his heart, but not God's heart. But a preacher says, let's go after spiritual riches. A motivator says, how to be successful in life. But a preacher says, I'll show you the way to salvation. So when you hear people preach about the word of God, and, and if, if you start uh, uh, hearing these type of things, and you know who is a motivator, that he just comes to motivate people and say, hey, we are strong, we are this, when the Bible says that we are weak, and we need the presence of God in our lives in order for us to function, in order for us to work out our salvation. Have you heard this cliches or things that people say in these days? And they try to compare it to the, to the gospel of Jesus Christ, but it's not really the gospel of Jesus Christ. They say, be true to yourself. Have you heard those thoughts or sayings from people? Be true to yourself. But man is a sinner, and he cannot know the truth unless he recognizes Christ as his Savior. Jesus said, I am the way, the life, and the truth. Well, I said it backwards, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. <laughs> John 14, 6. You guys pretty, pretty much know that verse. There's another one that says, believe in yourself. Oh, yeah, man, you got the power, man. You're this, man. You go to the university, you got to believe in yourself. No, we got to believe in the son of the living God only. What does it profit a man to win the whole world and lose his soul? Now in these days, everybody is, oh, who's going to be in SoFi? Oh, Beyonce. Wow, we got to go see her, man. Oh, the other lady who was there a couple weeks ago, I, I forgot her name. Jennifer, was it? Taft or, or Taylor Swift? accumulating so many people to them. And what kind of message are they giving? They're not giving a message of hope. They're not giving a message of salvation. They're giving a message of what the world wants to hear, but not what the world needs. And it's a shame, brothers, but the world is just collapsing and collapsing. But the one who remains in the word of God will remain forever. That is a promise that God has given us. There's another saying that they say, believe in yourself. Jesus said, believe in me so you may have life. Another one that says, live your truth. Have you heard those, those statements? What truth? Well, the Bible says that we are all sinners. We have departed from God. And God gave us to our iniquities. Because he couldn't, he couldn't support, he couldn't see all the bad things that we were doing. 
That's Romans chapter 1, verse 18. If you read all of that passage there, you're going to see that he gave us to all our wicked ways. Because no one wanted to follow Christ. And look at this one, another one. As long as you are happy, that's all that matters. You can live however you want. You can live with a man and, and, and a man. You can have a partner as a woman and a woman. You can live however you want. You can abort a little kid. You can do whatever you want with your life. You know what? God loves you unconditionally. Wow. Be careful when we say that. Because God doesn't love the sinner. There's a certain heat. There's a certain wrath from him of all who commit iniquities and badness. So when we say, hey, live however you want. No. My friends, a lot of people are trying to compare these thoughts as being the gospel of Christ. But look at what John Piper says. The gospel does not offer to the sinner what the sinner wants naturally. But the natural man cannot understand God's word because he needs to be revealed to him by the spirit of God. See, the natural man does not accept the things of the the spirit of God. They are folly to him. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Unless the spirit of God brings you to Christ, you will never know him. That's 1 Corinthians 2, verse 44. See, my friends, the natural sinner wants is what? Prosperity. The natural sinner wants riches. He wants money. He wants fame. He wants to have so many women apart from his wife. He wants fortune. He wants feelings, blessings, healing, happiness, a good education, success. Doesn't that sound a little bit familiar of what I'm talking about? Of all these other preachers, who they're, whatever they're preaching. And some of these preachers have thousands and thousands of people gathering there because they're preaching something that people, you know, want to hear, but it's not what they need. All unregenerate, regenerate people want that naturally. And he continues saying, that's not the product of the spirit in an unregenerate heart. The gospel does not promise the sinner what the sinner wants. It promises what the sinner does not want. He needs righteousness, holiness, forgiveness, heaven, repentance. They don't want Christ. They, don't, they hate Christ. Their sinful ways of living more and more are getting Christ out of their lives. They want to live under their standards. They want to live under their manual, but not the word of God. Christ told his disciples and followers, you will be hated and persecuted. As soon as you open your mouth, and as soon as you quote the Bible correctly and the way it should be, people are going to hate you. As soon as you start talking about sin, people are going to say, no, I don't want to hear about that, man. That's... That's, that's, you know, God is a lovable God. (sighs) 
when it comes to God, the Bible is just a myth for a lot of people. Fairy tale, some old stories. It's not for me. And they keep falling in their sinful desires and destroying themselves due to their sinful desires in their hearts. And I want to share three cliches or some thoughts that some people have been saying. And some of these motivators, prosperity gospels and all that, faith movements, they keep repeating these, these phrases. Number one, it says, God loves you as you are. Instead of saying, God loves you in spite of what you are. Have you ever heard those statements that they make? It sounds beautiful, right? But my friend, the only one God loves as is, is Christ. He is the begotten son of God. He's perfect. He's without fault. He's without error. He's without sin. He's perfect as 1 Corinthians chapter 5, 8 says. Look at what it says. For God demonstrates his love toward us and that we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Yes. But at the same time, he is a God of justice. So it's not correct to say God loves you as you are. We are sinners. We cannot accomplish. We cannot get to God. The only one who was able to take us to God is Jesus Christ. By his redemptive work on the cross, we are saved by him. The Bible says all have sinned, have come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. To Christ Jesus. There's another saying that says, God hates sin, but loves the sinner. And according to Psalms chapter 5, please go with me there. Psalms chapter 5, look at what the Word of God says. Psalms chapter 5, verse 5 and 6. Just keep in mind what I just said. That God hates sin, but loves the sinner. That is not right. That is not right. Look at what the Bible says. Um, Psalms chapter 5. Okay, I'm in Psalms 15. <laughs> okay, five, 5 and 6. Look what it says. Be boastful, the boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evil doers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. My friend, God is holy and he cannot tolerate sin. He has a certain hatred for all people who commit iniquities. Even when Christ was on the cross and he said, God, God, why hast thou forsaken me? And the God who is holy, he couldn't even see the sins that were being nailed into his body. Because he is a holy God. And yet, 
We, we all, some people say God hates sin, but, but loves the sinner. Look at what R.C. Sproul said in this statement that was that he said like that. He says, God does not send sin to hell. He sends the sinner to hell. God is angry toward all sinners because we have rejected him and the wrath of God is upon every sinner. It is, my friend. That's why Second uh, First uh, Peter chapter two verse fourteen says, "Be holy as I am holy. Seek after holiness. Seek after righteousness. But only through me, because through you and your powers you cannot do anything." It is by grace that we are saved. And look at it, the, the last thought that they say some people say faith plus works equals salvation the bible says that we are saved by grace alone and the spirit of god produces faith in us in order for us to have faith in god now we have to say the grace and the faith the grace of god and faith in him that's what produces salvation That's what saves us from condemnation. We were all condemned. But it is the grace of God, the free gift of God that he has given us. And faith in him that will save us. John 17, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Hebrews 11, 1 says, therefore, faith is the assurance of the things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. My friends, we have been justified by faith alone. Only by faith in Christ that we are saved. It's not by the things you can do. Christ did everything on the cross for you and I. All we got to do is believe and consecrate and and surrender and repent and trust him and, and put your life in his hands so you can be guided and I can be guided. The Bible says that work out your salvation. That doesn't mean to work for your salvation. Your salvation has already been bought by Jesus Christ. Christ has bought your salvation on the cross by dying for us. It's not that, what we, that we are saved by our own works, but we are saved by the works of Christ on the cross. And the moment we have faith in Christ, God transfers to our account his righteousness, and God considers us holy in his sight. Isn't that wonderful? That's why I follow Christ. That's why I, I don't follow Buddha. He didn't give me anything. Or Muhammad. What can they give me? Christ gave me everything. Or the Pope. Only Christ is infallible, my friend. Nobody else. And when you come to Christ and you repent, you say, God, I'm a sinner. I need your love. I need your mercy. I need your forgiveness. I need your grace, Lord, so I can, so I can, Lord, I can be, I can feel forgiveness. Forgive in my life. 
God can forgive us. My friend, the faith movement and the prosperity gospel say, you say this word and it will come to pass. And they totally forget about what this book says. And they put works first. And then they say, if you have faith, then things will happen. (laughs) Then things will come to pass. That's not what it says in the Bible. It says that you have been what justified only by faith through the grace of God. When people start saying, I got a new revelation from God. This is the final revelation from the Lord Jesus Christ. And when the reformers got together and they put the Bible into the 66 books, the canon of, the, of, the, of Scripture. They were guided, they were directed by the Holy Spirit. And they spent so much time putting, you know, into the Bible to get the Word of God correctly. There's also Apocrypha. There's other, what, seven other books that were not included in the canon. My friends, it is according to your faith that things will happen or not. Your faith in God is is the most important than works. See, works is a, uh, when you have faith in God, you know that you've been saved by the grace of God, you have faith in God, works will come automatically because that is what God does in our lives. A lot of these people measure the truth of what is revealed to them, but not what the Bible says. And the Bible, there is, the Bible says there is one standard, one absolute truth, the rock-solid foundation of the Word of God, according to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. All Scripture is by inspiration of God. It's, it's God's breath. It teaches us. It rebukes us. It reproves us, corrects us, instructs us, training in, training in righteousness so that every man will be perfect and complete in Christ, equipped for every good work. There is no other way. And when you hear these thoughts or saying, you automatically know that these people are not preaching the word of God, but they're preaching their own thoughts or whatever comes to their mind. Steve Lawson says, how are we going to kind of react? on all these people and all these teachings out there. He says, you must first, whenever you open the Bible and you read the Bible, pray to the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. He'll guide you to all truth. That's what the Bible says. And he'll guide you to the right and correct interpretation of the Word of God. And he says, observe the passage. Secondly, he says, interpret. And thirdly, apply it. Very simple things, right? How do you observe it? Well, you say, 
Who, what, where, when? When did it happen? Does it apply to me? Does it, it doesn't? Was it only for the, for the people of Israel? Was it only for the Old Testament? Does it apply for us now? And so on. For, for example, tithing. Are we still supposed to give the 10% to the church? In the Old Testament, God told the Israelites, you have, what, robbed me. Because <laughs> you have not accomplished, so you have not done what I've told you to do. But in the New Testament, we don't find the tithing. Because our salvation is through grace. And we give out of the abundance of our heart what God has given us that we may be able to give him for his glory. But a lot of people make a big thing out of this. Even, even in churches, members, you got to give that 10%. If you don't give it, you're going to be condemned. It the Bible doesn't say that. Or some people even put him in categories. The thousands here, the 500s here, and the 100s here. It is amazing what people are preaching out there and people are following these false teachers. Look at what Paul Washer said. In conclusion, Paul Washer said the following quote. When we're talking about prosperity teachers, motivators, these teachers are God's judgment on people who don't want God. But in the name of religion, they plan on getting everything the carnal hearts desire. That they, for example, he mentioned Joe Osteen. <laughs> he got over 60,000 people in the church. Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagen. There's a lot of them. He's raised up those people who sit under him that are not victims of him. He is the judgment of God upon them because they want exactly what he wants and that is not God. What are we preaching in our churches in these days? Are we preaching Christ? It is a great responsibility that all of us have. Not just Pastor Rob, but myself too. We spent time in the Word of God. We, we spent, you know, I spent some time preparing for the message and I spent time reading the Bible and trying to understand and asking God, not just try, but God, help me to understand your Word. You know, and, 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 and of course, when, you, when, when I mentioned the three things that we must do to, in order for us to understand the Bible, observation, you need a good study Bible. All of us need that. And that's what Lawson says. It's not enough just to open the Bible and read a passage. You need to grasp it more. You need to understand it. You need to get deeper more into the word of God in order for God to speak to you according to the context of that verse. And then he says, interpret it. How can it apply to me? What is God trying to tell me? And lastly, as James says, don't be just hearers of the word, but doers. Apply it to your life. In conclusion, Revelation chapter 22, 
Look at what it says if we don't preach the word of God correctly. These are really strong words from John that God revealed to him. The last chapter of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 18 through 19. Wow, this is, this is powerful. Revelation chapter 22, verse 18 and 19. I want everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. What book? The Bible. If anyone adds to them, notice what it says here. God will add to him the plagues described in this book. Verse 19, and if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the, the, in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. As children of God, we must take the Bible seriously. It is time to study the Bible more then whatever you do. You know what's the average study time for, for a Christian who believes in Christ, he trusts Christ and all that? It's 15 minutes, my friend. We have to spend time in the word of God. And if we don't spend time, these terrible preachers or, or, or preachers out there or people who do take the word of God out of context they're going to convince you and you're going to start leaving this church and go to those churches where do not have the truth and look at what God is telling us here he's warning us don't be judged by God We must worry about ourselves. How faithful are we with the Lord? We must worry about our lives. Say, God, I want to get closer to you. If you don't have a concordance, buy a concordance. And I recommend several of them. From concordance from R.C. Scrolls, MacArthur's concordance, Swindell's concordance, Tony Evans' concordance, R.C. Scrolls, Stanley concordance. There's many out there. But if you really want to grasp the Bible the way it is, we need to get serious with the word of God and study it with all of our hearts. It's not enough. We watch too much TV. Turn it off. There's really nothing good in there. But there's so much riches in this book. And when you put it here, it goes here. And you start living a life that God wants you to live. But let me tell you something. Let me warn you to. As soon as you start living as Christ wants, you're going to get persecuted. People are going to hate you. People are going to hate you for your faith. You're going to get persecuted because of what you're preaching. But it doesn't matter. Because you're all doing it for Christ. He did everything for us, my friends. What are we doing for him? If you encounter a person, person out there, preach the word. Preach the gospel. There's only salvation in Christ, not in a religion. And God has given you the power to do it. According to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. 
My friends, in conclusion, in order for us to counteract this or upset these people, we need to take serious the Word of God, understanding what the Word of God says to my daily life. Don't conform to this world. Many people have told me, I don't go to church because there's a lot of hypocrisy in there. Well, come join us. <laughs> Even if we have hypocrisy. Your life is so precious. And God wants to bless every single one of us. And he shows us that, my friend, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Notice that it says you may ask whatever you want and it shall be given to you but according to his will, not according to mine. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to interpret. Help us to observe and help us to apply your word in our daily lives. Because one day we're going to give an account to you And we ask you that in this church where we gather with other, other brothers, Orange Villa Bible Church, not only Pastor Rob, but all of us, even me, may be able to interpret, may be able to quote, may be able to preach the word according to how it was written and not change anything. Help us to put more time in it. Help us to study more. There's nothing that this world can give us, but you have given us everything. Please forgive us because we haven't taken your name seriously. We've taken it in vain. And we ask you today that you will change our hearts and we ask you for forgiveness. The Bible says that if we ask for forgiveness, you are faithful and just to forgive us. Help us to have an encounter with you every single day of our lives. And as Spurgeon said, you can do any, everything you have to do. You, have, you can go to work. You can, do, you can go jog. You can do any other things. But if you did not read the Bible today, you wasted the whole day of your life. And that is truth. Lord, give us that love for your word. In the morning, in the afternoon, at night, wherever it might be, Lord, that we open it and we meditate on it. And we're going to find precious, marvelous, and wonderful things that you want us to live by. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for your mercy. Help us, Lord, to understand the Bible correctly. And for those who don't preach it right, Lord, you will bring justice to everybody. Yes, you're a God of love, but you're a God of justice as well. And we pray 
that a lot of these people being confused in these days, that they may find the truth as they read the Bible. Thank you for your precious uh, presence here with us. In Jesus' name, then we thank you. Amen. Amen. Brothers, God bless you. Thank you um, for the word of God that we preached this morning. Thank you. Randy, thank you. We hope you have enjoyed this week's message. We encourage you to share it with others. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at info at orangevilla.org. Be sure and join us for next week's message by subscribing to this podcast. To learn more about our ministry, submit prayer requests, or to find ways you can help share the gospel, visit us online at orangevilla.org. Till next time, we hope the grace and peace of God's love be ever present in your life.